Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Jeremy Ball. And I'm Ralph Enough, and we're back again. It's just Welcome. The just the parents. The parents are here. Yeah, that's right. Just the <laughs> two of us. We have a bunch of topics, let's be honest. A lot of things have been chatted about in the community, and figured, what better than to share our opinions on things? Definitely. <laughs> that's what we're here for. That's why that's they pay what... us the big bucks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Of zero. <laughs> you know, what's been going on with you? You've been hobbying the crap oh, yeah. out of... I have, been seen, I have seen more basing coming out. EOD. So someone's in love with some EOD models. Yes. So I've been really excited and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the sort of the Twilight Kin being put on the back burner has sort of freed freed my create my creativity. And I've been full bore Mantic EOD. I love their models. I've been doing a lot of basing, getting I've I've got my uh chariot base, a couple cherry regiment bases done. I'm working on my swordsman base for me. And it's one of the reasons why I love Kings of War so much. The basing and theme of it all is that's like what drives the creative mm-hmm. DNA Absolutely. of the army. So it's like I gotta start there. I got I want to start with sort of the basis. So I'm going for this army's all about an oldie but a goodie. I'm going real classic Egyptian undead, but I'm trying to t- kick it up a notch to do it larger than life. It's not any sort of crazy like Empire of Dust in the Snow or on boats and water. It's still traditional desert Egyptian ruins, but I'm trying to sh- I'm trying to see can I take a classic idea but just have it so polished, so nice, larger than life that it can push the army over the top visual wise mm-hmm. right. so that's sort of the i was trying to think of like a really unique way to build the army and i was like you know what i'm just gonna go the classic way but i'm gonna do it to the nines yeah to the do, nines. It, do it up do it up yeah, yeah. exactly so i yeah. got all this great stuff that scott holcomb helped print me i ordered stuff from green stuff world from shabor all these really great elements i'm doing multiple tufts all these different textures mm-hmm. and colors of sand uh so i finally have and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love this rob I'm getting ready to actually sit down and start working. I got enough bases done. I'm going to start painting my horde of skeleton warriors. And I have assembled 30 skeleton warriors, which is the preferred model count. So I'm not going full model count, but I am going to go preferred model count. That's my new uh, mm-hmm. goal. That's my that's my, my goal, too. And, and one of the reasons I like that is I have been to some tournaments that obviously give you bonus points for that kind of thing. But what I've also found is that in most armies, Preferred model count just looks better. When you go minimum model count, uh, it's kind of empty. And to be fair, I really felt it, you know, would really feel it uh, on the uh, the Kingdoms of Halfman army I did. One of the things that saved me on that army is the basing, in some cases, is really big and bold and giant and takes up a, a fairly good portion of the base. But the models are so tiny. So even putting preferred model count on there, there's still spots. Preferred model count is the minimum for me now, and I'll just keep adding models until... And it's still way less than the full unit. So to me, I'm still getting a discount of of time. But and especially for this project, since it's my Mantic, all Mantic model project, I wanted to really showcase the models as much as possible. Yeah, so I'm going to go preferred model count. I have my skeleton, my 30 skeleton warriors ready to go. I have I'm working on my chariots. 
so I've had to think about what am I going to do for some of my conversions, right? Because Mantic does not make all the EOD choices. There's a couple missing. So what I decided to do for my soul snare is I'm going to use the Well of Souls from Abyssals. That's sort of that vortex. And mm-hmm. I'm going to put it coming out of like, you know, again, an oldie but a goodie. I'm going to have that coming out of some sort of arc, arc in the covenant piece of terrain. Yeah. So that's what will be the That'd be awesome. So, so I'm still using a Mantic model, right? And th- so I'm excited about that. And then for my Bone Dragon, or sorry, my Worm, I'm going to get the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I'm either going to paint it up to look like a Dark Raven, like, and all the flame will be like green magic. Ooh, so, Ethereal will look yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking of doing. And then also if I do Scavengers, I think I'm going to have the Scorch Wings and painted like my Bone Dragon. Going back to what you just said about the Soul Snare. Yeah. What if you Indiana Jones did? You know how they had the the temples that they would they in the first movie where they went down on a rope. What yeah. if you had some opening to like this this orifice to like this underground temple, and that's what it was called. Oh, dude, that like a hill, badass. like a hill with like a thing and moved it's over out of like the it's coming out of like the doorway into the tunnel. Ooh, exactly. I'm gonna have to. Oh, see, this is why there's lot, there's lots of great ideas for that. I was actually worried. I was like, oh man, you're going Egyptian themed. It's gonna be. You know, oh, it's Egyptian themed. I was like, ah, oh, here we go, Tomb Kings again. But you've got a different spin on it, which which I think is awesome. And I think you know your background story is going to develop. That it's not really Egyptian. It's it's got its own thing. It may yeah. it may have that aesthetic, but it's not going to be Egyptian. Yeah, I want it to feel like it's very much like the army or theme I have for the the name of the army is the Valley of the Gods, and everything mm. is big. I want I want the models. I want the scope of the terrain elements on the base when they're when they're based along with the miniatures there to be a real sense of i want there to be a sense of grandeur when you're looking at the units on the table so that's sort of oh man i can't wait to see it the basing looks incredible you need to do an uh i mean an all talk real talk here you need to do an article or a blog post on stonework where you've got worn out paint you know you know i'm talking about where it's not just grays and colors but it it actually looks the impression gives the impression that there used to be a painted surface there and it's eroded yeah Uh, i'm using pigment so for that effect i'm trying for all my stone pieces much in in the ancient world in egypt our ancient greece and rome everything was painted greece statues were not white they're white because all the paint has worn off so if you went back in time athens would not be just all white marble there would be things would be colored and painted and whatever. So I've been really into using, and I, I cross myself because it's a company no longer around, but secret weapon, I have all their pigments. So I've been using pigments to show like, like that look of the paint has worn yeah. off. But yeah, I'm, I have a bunch of pictures. I plan on definitely doing something. Uh, once I have some stuff done, I've been, especially on the, the whole, my horde of skeleton warriors, I've been taking pictures step by step. As I've been working on that base. So. Awesome. For the pigments, are you you're painting the whole the item and then you're adding the pigments after the fact and like yeah, so basically like I'll base, scrubbing I'll it base, in or yeah, so I base coat it and then I'll do a first highlight and then I'm thinking about what on the model might have been painted something. So for like a statue on a face, I'll take like a, a brown or flesh colored pigment and then I put it on that face and work it into the cracks, work it around. So I'm thinking about what what things on the statue might have been colored a certain way. And then with pigments, you have to set them, right? Mm-hmm. Because a pigment is what we have in paint, but with no medium. It's just mm-hmm. the raw pigment. So I set it at various levels. At the first level, I'll set it with a wash where I do the first round of pigments. And then I just do a sepia wash that sets everything, pulls everything together, 
and then I highlight a lighter color of stone. And then the second time I go in with the color, then I set it with a lusterless flat lacquer. Mm-hmm. I spray it with lacquer because, Rob, what should every unit have? A handle. A handle. So yeah. not only is the lacquer helping me set the pigment, it's protecting the piece on the base that I'm going to be touching all the time. 100%. Let's be honest. If you're not putting handles in your basing, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, have something on the base that you can touch and move and grab. So that's another benefit of having these big, huge statues or obelisks. They're the my handles for my bases. So mm-hmm. I always make sure I got a layer of lacquer in there. So then that way it's just making it durable. I'm a big fan of Tester's Model Master Lusterless Flat. Is that, is that better than dull coat? Or I like it better than dull coat. Using the lusterless flat, I've never had any dusting ever. I mean, I'm in California, so I don't have to worry about weather that much, mm-hmm. right? when mm-hmm. spraying but i've always used this product since the the 90s and it's mm-hmm. always been good for me so awesome i'm i'm a fan of that you know i love the skeleton eod mantix brews are amazing i love them to me they're a perfect mix of old school nostalgia with a little bit newer sensibility like they're not the crazy 3d printed like candles flowing you know dragon tit armor whatever you want to say they're more old school but they still have lots of options they come off the sprue really nice to me it's like just like a perfect mix of having something that looks cool but it's a little quicker to paint because there isn't as quite as many accoutrements on the model and it's just going to really focus for me to get a good paint score with this army i'm just going to have to make sure simple is good but when you do simple everything has to be perfect well i'm a long time tomb player and there's some stuff you can do with bone besides just the traditional base coat wash and a quick highlight you can you can blend some bone up to really make it pop but you know while you're talking about that i'm thinking here's an opportunity for page i'm thinking like the poster from american beauty i could see you laying down but rather in a bed of roses you're laying in a bed of sprues, of uh-huh. EOD skeleton sprues. I love uh, it. So, Paige, if, if that's something that's in your wheelhouse, I would love to see it. But I'm just finally happy, Rob, to be on the Mantic train, to finally get putting together a Mantic army, thinking about what Mantic models that I can use. I'm using an army that Mantic supports, that they make models for, right? So I know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. And it's just, I just have been having fun with the bases and I love Stargate and it's making me think of like, oh, you know, and I took Egyptian in in college, the language in grad school. So it's just been a super, super fun project. Totally re-energized. So for me, the Twilight King going away has been like a boon as opposed Mm -hmm. to like a negative. It's it's, it's freed me of painting a thousand scales on every single individual model and and allowing me to maybe work on something because I'm getting a new army done. Like we have jackalopes coming up and I'm probably going to have to play Basilean again, but like I need another army. I'm going banana bonkers. So this army, I am just all hog 24 seven. What about you? So beginning of this year, I, I, I was continuing to play ogres. You know, at some point during the year, they started just, I don't know. I won't say bore, but they just was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for something new. So I went back to the kingdom as a half man and I painted up some new units, had a great time, took it to the Michigan GT finished fifth. It was, it was a great event Went three and two for 20 players. It was a really, really, I mean, it was a smaller event, but it was great. Really great. But you know what? I'm ready for semantic again, my ogres, mantic armies, but I'm ready for something new. Let me just tell you the salamanders don't disappoint. Uh, the salamanders <laughs> yeah. are some kick-ass models. Were those all rhinosaurs I saw you had on your you, picture of your yes, hobby? Yes, correct. What so do you I bought, think of those? It's funny because I bought them a while ago. Hey, I know inflation and stuff. I think they're at like $65 for a box of three. There's some people that are like, oh, that's too expensive. And I get that. 
But when I did the math, I was like, okay, well, let's just say 20 bucks a model. Well, I'm going to spend at least four or five hours on each model. For me, the value was there, right? I mean, like it's cheaper than going to the movies. You know, I go, go to a two hour movie. It's, you know, 12 bucks to get in at least another 10 bucks for drinks. You know, I'm in for 20 bucks and it's two hours and, and I'm getting at least double that for each of those models. We've said this all along. We said it many, many times, you know, it's, it's all personal decision, right? Like if you can't afford it or you don't feel it's value, cool. I get it. But for me, they're, 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 they're and let me just tell you, I put them together and, oh my God, they're so detailed. They're, they, look, they, they look like some chunky boy, man. It's a lot of resin. I mean, they got some heft to it. They're not metal, but there's, there's still got some weight to it. I've got all the, the, all the, the rhinosaurs themselves built. There's three different bodies basically. And then there's like different sets of legs that go on them. And there's basically three different heads. You can really just with the dinosaurs themselves, you can get some nice variety, you know, of different poses. You know, they got some that are kind of like, look like they're almost like stampeding where like their back legs are kicked up and they're, they're on their front feet. I'm excited to get going on them. I, so I, I, I bought four boxes and the plan is preferred model count. So I'll have two hordes of five and then I'll take two and make battle captains on rhinosaurs. For two nice. of them. So that's a total of 12. And then I've also built the tyrant models. And you know what? If the rhinosaurs were nice, the tyrants may, even, you know, actually may outdo them. I mean, the tyrant models are sick. I mean, they are just so freaking detailed. One of the things I like, though, is the skin on the, the tyrants themselves doesn't look to be like, like it's not scales. Like, I think it's small enough that it'll take a nice wash and, and take some just a nice blending. But I don't have to go like every single scale or every feather like I've had to do with the kingdoms of men. Even if it takes me a long time, it won't be as long as it could be. And again, they have like three different kind of poses, but look, I am the master of kit bashing. And so by just chopping up some of the weapons and repositioning things, I'm going to have five guys in that unit. You can, you can pretty much get a unit that looks pretty unique. Oh um, yeah. And there's the one tyrant that I just love. He's got like a morning star mace in each hand. And he's like, coming, badass. dude, he's like coming over the top, like, like, Edo bong drumming, but instead he's going to be drumming your head with his yeah. mace. And the standard that one of them is called the keeper of the flame, I guess it's called. They have this giant standard, which is just killer. You know, I've been converting to, so these models are expensive and I'm going, you know, and, and I'm going to put the time and effort that they need to, to really pop. So I have done some repositioning of arms. I've got some sculpting to do. I bought the Armada Salamander Fleet Flyer Pack. Uh huh. So I've got like a little ba- a little phoenix and a little scorchwing, and so one of my tyrants is basically like a bird caller. He's got on his arm. He's got this this phoenix on his arm. Nice. It's, I was originally gonna do, and I might still do it. I was originally thinking that for scorchwings, well, maybe I could have a guy in that unit that's that's got a baby one, right? And like he's kind of like. But then I was like, you know what? That might blow the suspension of disbelief for me because the unit is supposed to fly, and you know the tyrant's not flying. So I was like, ah, maybe it'll just be better that I'll just put him in with the tyrant unit. It looks cool. He's got a messenger at Phoenix, you know, go out there, little baby, little baby, baby Phoenix can go fly around. What you say though is something I was thinking about the other day. I was trying to think about like. And I was thinking about maybe doing it as like and paint it to look like a statue of like, how can we take Armada miniatures and put them in Kings of War armies like to have, uh, you know, a part of a statue be like what the what their boat. The Empire Dust Flyer pack. Uh, I, like I got to little... t- take a look at that. There's like a little, a, little well, a bone dragon worm thing flying. I, I think that'd be amazing if you figure out a way to work that into your army, no. you know? Maybe have it in the air. We, we've been talking about that too, right? Behind the scenes, get like some acrylic rod, you know, and have it yeah. like, you know, significantly higher than a unit. And it's kind of like scouting ahead like that. Remember, was it was a Game of Thrones? 
had the character that could see through the eagle or something. Thing. Oh yeah, the work the work guy who could like see through the the, the yeah exactly that was yeah it would be so so cool. About. So I I built I built my my rhinosaurs, but I still have to build the riders. I built the tyrants. I've got like I said, I've got two hordes of those. Basing is a problem for me. Like I usually start with basing, and I am just not exactly down yet. So I might just start making some test bases. But here's what I'm thinking. I don't know where I'll end up, but I watched this movie called Death on the Nile, which is this Agatha Christie book. They're on this boat down the Nile. Persons get killed. Who did it? You know, all that. It takes place in like in the early part of the 1900s. So it's got some killer terrain that's along the river edge. Really cool buildings. And I loved how it's a freaking desert, but it just sort of melts away into like this verdant grass and into mm-hmm. the water. So, oh, that's cool. That's what I want to go for. I just, I'm just, I got to figure out how that makes it works. Like, you know, I, you know, I I thought, do I, do I have like rhinosaur swimming? I don't know, man. That that might, you know, like almost like crocodile. I'm not sure. I probably steal a lot what you did and then just figure out a way to, but there's something there. I think there's really something there for doing an army. That's like Nile river, Nile river shore, where you can have elements of sand and verdant. Like it's a really interesting color combination. So yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. I think there's totally something that, something there in that creative space. Yeah. And what I didn't want to do was go jungle, <laughs> right? Just yeah. straight up jungle. Every Salamander army I see, not everyone. Let's be honest. Nate, I'm, 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 by, by the time you're hearing this, you've already heard the episode. Uh, you've heard the episode with the Michigan guys. And Nate, this is a shout out to him. He had a killer Salamander army. It was all on fire, the whole army. It was super cool. Uh, but no, most of the time you see them, right? They're they're in the jungle, which I get it, right? It's tropical. It's a holdover. If you had a Lizardman army, yeah, I mean, Lustria, I get it. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm always, I don't know about you, but one of the things I'm always thinking is, what, what has been done before and how can I do it differently? Yes, and because- that was like the big thing with my EOD army is trying to uh, not, you know, deal with that because you want to make an army which is unique and not just like, Oh, I'm copying like Britain's chariot army or I'm copying so-and-so, you know, they've done this a thousand times army or whatever. You want to try to find that unique space. Yeah. And so for most of the units, what I'm kind of shooting for is I'm going to have two of each. Like I'll have two hordes of rhinosaurs. I'm not sure yet, but I might end up doing them. Well, no, I don't know yet. Are you going to run a, are you going to run a Phoenix? Oh yes. You got to run a Phoenix now. That's another amazing uh, uh, mantic model. And I think the Phoenix and the big red book got way better. So, yeah. And I'm also thinking, you know, when you said like green fire, I'm thinking ethereal something. I'm Uh thinking I don't want to paint fire. I want to paint something different. Like I I want it to look like magically imbued in my mind. Like you're in the desert. The last thing I want to do is light a fire in the desert. Like It's already freaking hot. How can I make it magical? And obviously, depending on what color scheme I end up with, and I'll talk about one idea I have in a minute, but I want to find something that the fire would be a nice contrast to. So one idea that I've been thinking about for the skin is I have an albino army. Ooh, um, interesting. So, yeah, so like, you know, mostly like whites and pales and like, if you just, just, re- just uh, Google like albino alligator, you, you'll get what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. What I don't know yet though, is it just the riders, like the people that are sent- sentient or is it the riders? And I'm thinking, I don't want to do everything because it's an excuse to make some stuff pop. I can do some killer colors on, you know, oranges and blues and on those rhinosaurs and, and it, sh- it should pop. Well, um, like same- an albino look would open up like usually uh, salamanders, I think, would be more likely to be warm colors where the white would open you up to like a whole bunch of cool colors. And wouldn't you say, Rob, and like looking at your painting, are you? 
like especially your kingdoms of half men i feel like you really feel comfortable in that white and cool blues and teals that that sort of 100 percent, 100 i you know i think at this point like it's funny you said that because i've done other armies like i've done warm toned armies like i i had i had a an army back in warhammer that was we call them the ginger beards but like it's called clown blaze right? yeah, yeah so clown blaze yeah. everybody had orange beards except for like you know the old the old timers and it was all really warm colors which was cool and, and to be fair i find warm colors easier to paint than cool colors and then obviously you, you mentioned it uh i have cool colors a lot on the the ogres they're like pinks and purples and blues and grays but then you know obviously on the kings of halfman that teal and white certainly that's in my wheelhouse but you know thinking about albino it might be a warm white right it might be like a cream color that's got some bleach yeah. bone in it right so you know and maybe i'm washing it with i don't know i've got to do some test models man okay yeah i gotta do some test and models. i do love like a warm cream because that could go with purple it could go with red it could go with a lot of different you could a lot of nice colors could play off that cream i, I still have a lot of ideas I, so the armor could be bone armor I, i'm thinking you could you could make it out of like maybe ornamental bone right that somebody took and carved i have painted so much bone in my life at this point that uh, maybe i don't want to do that right because i mean i have i have a very large tomb king army that's never really been rebased mm -hmm. so uh well i'm just really excited to hear because i think and uh, we've seen it with a couple painters i mentioned it with britain again because he just finished his seeing what the the good hobbyists can do with all mantic models um for I don't sure think, i think we've just touched the surface on well-painted all mantic model armies Yep. We haven't even seen what a, a lot of what the really good painters could do. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to see what people do with the new ogres. <laughs> they are oh, insane. Totally. If I wasn't kind of over ogres at this point, I'd be all in. Right. But salamanders got my juices flowing. And what's interesting is, is it's nothing to do with the list. So, yeah, I'll have some scorch wings, but it's not going to be four hordes of them <laughs> or whatever. The I don't know what the current meta is, but I I'm just going to paint. That looks cool <laughs> and play with it. That looks cool. Another thing that I've decided, and then I was bummed to find out that my buddy Dylan already did this. So I came in, I came to this decision on my own, and he's like, uh, so what I told him is, well, great. I'm glad you did it first. I'm gonna do it better. So uh he used the croc dogs for ember sprites. Oh, okay, cool. I'll probably sculpt some flames coming out of their mouth or something, do something to make them look cool. You have access to a lot of the other good Mantic models. Like I think the greater fire elementals, badass. I've already purchased like, you know, f fire elementals, greater fire elementals. I've got several boxes of scorch wings, tyrants, rhin rhinosaurs. What I really want to do is I, I only want to use Mantic models. So if they don't make the unit or they don't make conversions for the unit, I'll probably just skip it. My hope is that like a Commodon. I would love to play yeah. a Commodon. But right now they don't make the model and I, and I fingers crossed at some point they will. So I'll wait. So I'll do Lycodons, you know, I'll, you know, that's fine. They make models for those. And they're, oh, I didn't tell you this story. I started converting it. One of my tyrant hordes is going to have a Lycodon in the middle. And he's like, oh, like a beast handler. He's pulling oh, chains. Dude. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Really got my blood flowing, man. I'm just like, putting those models together, I'm like, you know, when you're like a kid and you my wife's like, who the hell are you talking to? Yeah, I'm like, this is gonna be awesome, guys. Yeah. This is amazing. Oh, look at this guy. I'm gonna, gonna like, I'm gonna take his sword or his mace. I'm gonna give it to this guy. He's gonna be dope. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I just been, you know, and uh, I can't, and I can't wait to get to the rhinosaur riders. Yeah. I'm really excited to just, I'll get ten of them built, and then saving those those other ones for the battle captains and figuring out. All right, how am I gonna make them look special? How am I gonna look big? Another one, Mantic. We need lancers. Is that what they're called? The Lancer Cavalry? Kaisenor Lancers? Yeah, we need some of those. We don't have any. We need we even hard plastic, too. Yeah. Chris Fisher was nice enough of Troll Horde Games, which I talked to Chris. We're going to try to get him on soon. Awesome. He, uh, he is really great about, if you reach out to him, 
he will sometimes break stuff up and sell stuff to you separately. Awesome. So he, so I got the, I bought the mega EOD army, but in the smaller version, it has the mounted EOD cursed high priest resin model. That's so awesome. So he sold like, it to ah, me. He sold so it to awesome. me separate. And what I'm going to do is I have a, in the middle of my horde of skeletons, there's this little platform, and I'm going to put him, because his horse is like rearing up. He's going to be rearing up in the middle of the skeletons, and the unit in the game, I've given them the Iron Resolve keyword or item. So it's like the priest in their midst is like helping them regenerate to life. So I think that's a really cool idea about putting, uh, like, you know, Warhammer used to have unit filler. But in this, mm -hmm. it's like putting like a commander model or my excellent having nothing to do with not finishing adding Elohi to my horde of spearmen for flavor. <laughs> not at all about filling up the base. Right. It wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> well, to be fair, my, when I get back to the Kings of Halfmen, the next unit I'm going to paint is I've got some. Well, they're going to be pikemen, but they're basically spears. I'll have to either convert them or make them longer. They're not they're, they're, they're not like the poofy shirt guys, but they're not heavy armor guys. They're somewhere in the middle. And I have this giant ogre that's thrusting this giant spear. And I thought, oh, that's going to look amazing. I'm going to put it right in the middle of the unit, and it's going to be like the centerpiece of that of that, of that that unit. Because originally I, th I bought it, I was going to make it a bolt thrower. But I was like, yeah, it's a little hard for me to suspend that disbelief that he's chucking this spear, the, the spear like, you know, 24 inches or whatever it is. I'm going to put him in the middle of the unit. I'm, I, the Lycanon in the Tyrant Horde is going to do the same thing. I love little like stories or vignettes within yeah. the unit. That's awesome. Like your uh, guys leaving the, uh, your cab, the drunken cab guys leaving the bar. Yeah. So I, I got, I got the or, or, order of the drunken Ram. Well, originally they were going to be like order of the drunken shoe. And then my daughter's like, why don't you just give them this magic artifact and then make the bar, uh, the, the drunken Ram. And so it's, it's a, it's a, if those hadn't seen, I'll put a, I'll put a picture of it in the show notes, but it's a bar it built into the mountain. And I guess I should tell you that the background story is these are the nobles before they got rid of the monarchy. And so like, they're like, they've kind of been disposed, uh, deposed at this point. And so they kind of feel like chivalrous. And so they're almost like the volunteer firemen of the, of the, ar of the army, right? There's these seven guys. They all have different weapons. Some of them have shields, some don't, and they're leaving the bar and their, their bartender is waving them goodbye. He's wiping a mug. And there's a couple of patrons of the bar itself that have come out of the bar and they're just seeing the boys off. So yeah, it, it's cool because number one, when I tell you that it has, you know, Helm of the Drunken Ram, there's no question. Like they're literally riding rams and they're coming out of a bar. Like it doesn't get any more on the nose than that. Any more of that though, right? That's that's the thing. I it's, just, it's, 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 a, it's a cool way to add like narrative fluff to your army. My next thing is I really want to be able to find, and we've been talking about this too. I have all of these from uh cool raven miniatures and i've been looking at see-through are very like invisible or like hard wire because i would love to be able to put like birds or or make it have looks like there's like uh carrion birds flying around or i think that's the next thing is like the next evolution is who's gonna like be able to put like an animatronic miniature on a base where you like turn it on and it starts freaking moving yeah but, yeah billy did that with a display board where he's got like a gyrocopter thing flying that i did see that yeah. was cool but you know i to your point you know i have a, a a troop of uh gargoyles where i use the acrylic rod and as long as it's not you know you can get like the one sixteenth rod or the one eighth inch acrylic rod it looks great once it's all paint because you don't really see it especially if it's a dark background or the table's dark 
You don't even notice. Yeah, I got to get you some just, just to experiment with. Mm-hmm. I got to order some. Um, and then the Plastrot. Other, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the maker. The only other thing I'm waiting on is the one thing I'm not a fan of is I'm not a fan of the Mantic mummies. Well, so they're terrible. I, Let's yeah. be honest. Like we're, we're positive paid. people, but yeah. I said this on, maybe it was the Michigan cast. I said this on 10 years ago or whatever it was. I built my first Mantic army. I built on dead and I, and I, built those on those mummies and they're terrible they're pvc which i don't care about that that's fine but they don't rank up (laughs) and so you know i have full model count and 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 they were individually based because back then i was still thinking oh i'm gonna keep playing warhammer with them i never yeah right (laughs) i never i never played warhammer with them yeah i and i never will again but beside the point um so what i've decided to do is they're releasing the revenant upgrade kit and i don't know if you've seen them yet but they have double-handed weapons because Mm. uh so mummies crushing strength fits there number two one of the a couple of the different faces instead of having a skeleton face they have like a white it almost looked like a white porcelain mask over their Ooh, face like you would have cool. if you were buried in a sarcophagus that'd be amazing so i think looks wise so, and i don't have any revenants in my army so i think i'm just going to use the eod revenants with a couple of little uh, kit bashing and then those guys will be my mummies you're gonna go with white faces though on those masks oh yeah i think cool. i want to go uh, I think I'm going to go gold helmets and then white faces because uh, I, like I love that like white porcelain like and then I think I may try to do some freehand stuff on there, you know, of looking at elements where I can put freehand. I think I want to try to name some of my guys and then write out their names and hieroglyphics, you know, 100%. So, now um, uh, you might want to check out James Wapple, famous painter, has uh-huh. a Tomb King army that he did eons ago where every unit has like hieroglyphics in it and stuff. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, that and guy's he, incredible. And, you should check out his YouTube channel. I'm sure he's got some stuff about it. He made like banners out, out of foil and it's crazy. And with yeah. your background in, in e- Egyptology, we expect it to say some cool stuff. Yeah, I really want to push this army to be like, how, you know, what can I do with, with taking a, a, a cool mantic army and then really just being like, you know, like you said, take my time, balls to the walls, really try to make a really exciting project. And then also too, it's just like, Core wise, I feel good that I'm that I, I feel like I love these models, so I'm getting them because I like them, not just because I'm supporting the company. But it also mm-hmm. feels good to finally be like, you know, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I tell everybody all the time: if you like the models, buy them. If you don't yeah. like them, don't buy them. Right? You know, sure. it's completely up to you. I will say, let's pair their older stuff to some of the newer stuff. It's like, oh my god, the stuff they're putting out now is totally crazy. And the stuff that Ronnie mentioned on the the chat we had with him. Dwarves flying on ravens. I mean, come on, man. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it doesn't get any more evocative than that. I'm ready for that, baby. I don't no, know. And what... I really like the idea of uh, what you were talking about, Rob. I thought was really interesting. The idea of taking the Twilight Kin and being like, really exploring that void aspect of it of like uh, of the elves being like grotesquely manipulated mm. and morphed and so i'm really i'm really for me having them take away the the tk and make something new to me i'm excited because i'm just like cool i wonder what they're yeah. gonna you know when ronnie described them using the name marilyn manson i was yeah. like Oh, okay. We're talking some crazy stuff, you know, really crazy looking stuff. And I like it. I mean, essentially what it sounds like they they've went back to maybe harvest slaves or, yeah. or, or workers and they got stuck there in the void. And the longer they stay in the void, the deeper they're in, the deeper they've transformed the, the, yeah. the there's less and less elf <laughs> left yes. in them. And I think that's cool. No, I like that. So it's like, it's almost like the, the longer. Yeah. So it's like the shorter you've been in, 
the the weaker you are, the more you retain of your elf self. But then by the time you're like a general or one of their commanders, you're so far gone into the void that you're nothing like how you used to be. I, I think mm-hmm. that's uh, really cool. interesting. And, and in fact, it's it's a good segue to you know talking about you know we have some topics we want to talk about, and one of the ones that that I've seen a couple times, some of the community wants. You know, like definitively for Mantic to continue to support the fantasy legacy, you know, the Warhammer Fantasy Battle legacy armies. But at the same time, some of those same people are also saying, hey, there's not enough fluff. I'm just here to say, I think, you know, as the the, the, the lore of Panathor evolves, you're going to see those old Warhammer armies disappear. And I think, fingers crossed, we're, the first one's going to be Twilight King. I, I, I don't think they come back out and they're, they're, they're Dark Elves. I, I don't I don't think that. No, I think they're going to be something crazy, which is awesome. And they've, I felt, have been pretty clear with not necessarily right saying TK, but I think they've been pretty clear about, uh, you know, the, if we make models for that army, the army is safe in the way that you know it. If we don't make models for that army, either one, the army may not be in the game, or when we do make finally make models for that army, there's no guarantee it's going to be anything like how it is right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I 100%. think we I think we mm-hmm. lost track a little bit about what that original book with all the extra armies list was, was really like, Hey, we want you guys to try our game. You know, mm-hmm. here's lists for that. You can play everything. And then I hope once you play our game, you'll buy our models. And I think that, you know, Ronnie was pretty open when he said some ways they've succeeded in that and some ways they haven't succeeded mm-hmm. in exactly. that. But I think the community on some level sort of just kind of has have taken it for granted, maybe that their old Warhammer army that they've had for all these years would be be usable within Kings of War forever. And I don't think they've ever really made that promise. So, so no. I think some of the critiques about that are a little harsh, you know, as far as people getting upset about you know, my non-Mantic army being removed from a Mantic made. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. There's been some people complaining that, you know, the Twilight Kin are not in the book. And it's like, well, gosh, at this point, <laughs> they've screened it from the rooftop. They put it in blogs. They talked about it on podcasts. They've got videos about it. At this point, if you didn't know going in, you know, you bought the book in anticipation of playing your new you know, your Twilight Kin army. I, I guess that's on you. They're not, they're not keeping that a secret. In the end, Rob, too. Maybe your Twilight King goes away, but it doesn't mean you can't run them as a Kingdoms of Men. I mean, yeah. I think I still think there is a way, and this is coming from a guy who's working on a Twilight King army. There, it doesn't doesn't mean that you won't ever be able to use those models. But I knew in making that army that there was always a chance that when Mantic released their own take on the army, the army would be different. So it's yeah. kind of one of those decisions where you make in in yourself being like, am I willing to risk? And I think that's why they wanted to take it out of the book because, and Ronnie spoke to that, which is they don't want people now starting projects like today, I'm going to start a TK project. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when it's getting ready, then it's like, Oh, okay, here's the brand new army. So I think even though it's frustrating now, I think it is being done in a way to try to help people guide their hobby choices. Yeah. And just to put a pin in it, if you play with a non, you know, a non, I'm not saying Mantic models, but I'm saying like a non Mantic army, right? You do so at your own peril if they are. And I'm not saying they are, but if they're going to like redo an army or call an army, it's not going to be one of their, their, their main armies, <laughs> right? It's not. And we're not talking about like, like picking Basileans, but using different models. We're talking oh, about, right. pick, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about a list uh, where they the heard. No. Yeah. Well, they make, yeah. So they no make, so, they, so they basically make the, the, you could use the werewolves. That's pretty yes. much it. So those um, are the armies where I would think about, do I need to play this army so bad that if playing anything else 
would make me like hate the game. Just maybe think about that when you're wanting to start a new army. Think about, well, what are the armies that Mantic makes stuff for that I'm guaranteed to have that army supported? Because they've said, mm -hmm. if we make models for it, we're supporting that army, period. They've said that. That's been pretty clear. Mm -hmm. So maybe just think about that when you're thinking about what armies do you want to make. And also keep in mind, there's certain units that are in like four different armies, right? You do up Earth Elementals. If the army you're playing, you don't like it, there's other opportunities for you to, to use them directly. Sure. So it's funny because, I mean, at the end of the day, you own your hobby. And, you know, if you want to play something that's off the wall or something, great. It's it's your choice. Yeah, totally. And, and, like, I don't want to discredit anyone's feelings. It's always a bummer when you're playing an army and the army gets adjusted or whatever and what you've spent all this time, you know. But also, too, to me, that's sort of just... I guess I accept that, that that's just it's part life. of the hobby. It's life. And in a game <laughs> Change is inevitable, my friend. Yeah, and in a game that's getting balance and counterbalance and rebalance, there's the times where, you know, stuff just is not going to be great. The or, you alternative know. is a historical war game. Yeah. <laughs> where it doesn't ever change. I mean, and if a Roman infantry is a us, Roman infantry is a Roman infantry. Yeah. And let's say, Rob, we were still playing the same game where it was, I don't know, like back in the days, mounted Soul Reaver Cav and, you know, or whatever, whatever the meta was in 2017. You know, if the meta was what it was in 2017, there'd be no one playing the game anymore because people would be bored out of their minds. Right. You got to have so some change. change. You got you you to gotta gotta have, have some, some change because that's what pulls people in. And honestly, it's, it's what keeps people to stick around because it stays, it stays, it freshens it up. It's, it, you know, keeps it interesting. A couple of our topics we wanted to hit on is, you know, there's been lots of banter about the new book and optional rules, right? Every sure. oh, there's optional rules. And I, I'm in agreement in the sense that I would prefer them just to say it's either not in the game or it's not, you know, either in or out. I would I would prefer definitive there. But, you know, on one hand, allies have always been optional, right? I've never allowed allies at my tournament. Never. And I've been doing tournaments for many, well, and many, I'm more, many years. I'm more of the mind to, I get the use of allies when it's, hey, I have these other models or I'm building a new army and I'm really excited to play it, totally. but I don't have enough done, etc. That I get, but I've, I've never been the, well, this army is perfect, but it's missing X, so let me get that X from something else. Let me because, add flyers to the ogre list because that's, that's what I'm saying. How yeah. many times has the, has the have we had to have Clash of Kings updates, facts, or issues around not just an, an army's internal balance, but because of how allies were used to abuse the game? So right. to me, not having any allies makes the rules committee job easier. They don't. They only have to think about internal balance. They don't have to think about cross faction ally balance. Thematically, you're still using. So for me, like again, I don't want to poo poo on your Sunday, but I hate allies. I never use them. I think the game is as robust and fun without allies. So yeah. to me, I'm like happy that that's. And like you said, it's always been an optional rule anyway, but I'm not going to miss allies. If that ever does finally go away for realsies, I'm not going to miss them. No, no. And then obviously the other one is is withdraw. Now, withdraw, I've never liked the rule. I thought it's been poorly written from the beginning. Uh, and, and I know it's there to, to replace the one-inch bounce back, which had its own problems. But I would have rather them fix that than to give us withdraw. Because honestly, we have way more questions about withdraw than we ever had about bounce back. For me... I'm I'm happy to, for it to just yeah. be gone. I'm yeah. curious to see this as an extended sort of play test on if we move the if we remove the withdrawal rule, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Because I think that whether or not it was intended or not intended, the ability to withdraw our corkscrew charge is sort of inherently baked into the viability of certain units. So if you were to move withdraw outright, I think it would it would need such a drastic points look at almost any unit that could corkscrew. 
you would have to be looked at to see if it's under or over costed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, here's the thing: if if they really just wanted to get rid of get rid of corkscrews, all they had to do, personally, is just say, if you're disordered, you you lose nimble. Period. You know, because those who don't know, it's got to be in snare or phalanx that disorders a, a, a an infantry unit or a cavalry unit. And I think if they just would have said, all right, you're just not nimble. The side shots where you only need one pivot. Yeah, those still could exist. But the really rough ones are the ones where you don't think somebody can reach. You're like, oh, look at me. Pivot. Yeah. Pivot. So I th- yeah, I hear you. And I think that like there is a lot of strategy involved in using the withdraw and i think that you see that more uh, it's one of those things where when both people know it and both people are similarly skilled it's just another tool to try to break that stalemate but if you have people at different levels of skill or or i totally understand if i'm just getting into the game and someone does some wonky nimble charge against me it's not super fun so I, I understand sort of all the, the the arguments about it. My thing is, I just want to see a little bit more. Like I'm curious over the next few months to 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 see, you know, are people removing it? Are they not using it? Or you know, and, and to be fair too, we didn't talk about it, but the way charging works now, and the way you basically accommodate other units, you know, one of the things that that kind of would would have tempted me to do a corkscrew char- charge was, hey, I want to get these guys out of the way so this other unit can get in there. And now with the way charges happen, I probably can I can probably still get in there, right? Yeah, so, I'm curious to see now that you you said you would only move to a line for space of charging the same facing, and now you uh, can move to uh, create space for units charging other facings. The new quote like smart charges unquote. Right. I think since the red book has come out, I've maybe played four or five games, and that has not really come up yet. So I'm really curious it, to see. It hasn't for me either. And here's okay. why. Here's my, here's my theory. Okay. 99 times out of 100, you could already make the moves. If you did it in the right order, you could still get the charges. Now, it just, I think it's just, it's about making it a little bit more new player friendly. Yeah. So they don't have to be like the order of, you know, you charge this first and this first. Now, it doesn't really matter which order you, you take them in. Honestly, maybe there's going to be strategy evolving from that. Okay. So now, the order in which I go, I can uh, I can sort of force my adjustment in different ways. Yeah, I think there's going to be a whole nother exactly. There's going to be a whole another strategy because let's say I want my guys on the flank to make room for my front guys because that would push them onto an objective. I'm going to move my front guys in first, right? So then when my side guys right. charge and make room, they're going to pivot further. So again, sometimes when you take one piece of strategy away, you add, you're adding in another piece, but the piece that you're adding in is not always clearly visible right away. It takes repetition and it takes exposure to that rule to right. see the new strategy. And I think the point that we're making here is it's way too early to be making, you know, grandiose statements. It's ruined the game or like, we don't know. <laughs> we yeah. don't know. Give it, give it six months and then come back to me <laughs> and then yeah, we'll and then, figure it out. Yeah, and Have really, data. Exactly. Data. And I think that's what, if you're looking at maybe removing the withdrawal for fourth edition or whatever, the fact that they have it as an optional rule, I think is really good because it's going to give them access to a lot of feedback from both people who still use it or from the people who don't use it in their tournaments, they're going to have a chance to hear, because that's such a key mechanic of the game that they're going to, now they're going to have a lot of robust feedback around, you know, what, where should we go in, in fourth edition or where should we go when they're updating rules via the app, you know, however they're going to do it, but at least this way they're going to, they're going to have a nice broad spectrum of players to hear from. I'm just excited to, to see, the data from because you know the UK pretty much is not going to use it. So awesome. Let's see how that, that see how that pans out. Texas, yeah. they're going to use it. Great. Yeah. 
then let's let's see. And I think the minus one is a brilliant addition. I, I think that it feels right if that makes For sense. Because sure. I mean, like I, I know you know I've already been corrected that yes, technically a unit might charge and then want to charge somebody else. But normally in battle, you're not like backing up and taking pivots and running and hitting another unit standing right. You know, usually they're like a, a, they're withdrawing and they're regrouping and they're going to charge again. Right. They're not oh, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to charge the unit on the right. So these guys behind me can get through. Uh, well, so I think I, it's always that funny thing when you're when you always have the person, one person who's like, well, actually, you know, it's right. like, come on. This is all fantasy stuff. Well, that's right. That's you right. Know, but, uh, but it does feel right in my head that totally. You know, that like the extra movement, there's a little coordination required, you know, and minus one. Look, yeah. let's be honest. If you get where, if it still gets your werewolves in the flank, you're still, still going to take it. Yeah, you're, you're still, still going to take it. You still pizza when you should have French fried. You know what <clears> I right. mean? Exactly. And the thing is, imagine that your werewolves are withdrawing from foot knights to go charge something else. It makes sense to me that when, as the werewolves are backing up, that they're paying a little attention so they don't get stabbed in the back. So that when they charge the other thing, they're hitting not quite as well. Because they had to use some of their brain power to disengage and run away from what they were fighting before. So I'm there with you thematically. It just makes sense. What you're saying just makes sense. And, do, and just don't forget, it will stack with hinder charges. No. Because it's not no. my, it's not a hindered charge. It's just minus one to hit. We'll see how it plays out. But totally. for everybody that's like, the sky is falling, relax. Wait for the data to show up. Yeah. You know, we'll take it from there. Uh, I guess on that note, too, you know, there's a lot of people talking about the book. A lot of positive praise, right? Like, Good lord, the legendary rules, the ambush rules are amazing. I've not played legendary yet. I have played uh, many of uh, ambush and I love the ambush rules. Now, I will say it's a little bit like Vanguard in the sense that I've got to really rethink the way, you know, it even tells you in the book like the way you lay train out and stuff. Yes. You got to you got to you got to think that out because when we first got started I, we tried some different armies like I've got shooting, you don't have shooting. It it, it is one-sided at that point. Oh, I have D, D6, you don't have any D6. It's really one-sided at that small scale. But, you know, there's some really nuance there that I really liked. I really like the fact that you are limited to three characters or oh, three characters, monsters and war engines combined. And you have to make that decision like do I want some stuff that might do some damage like a cannon? Or do I want more inspiring, right? Yeah. And so you have to make those hard decisions. And I guess it really elevates the units that inspire themselves. Or in the case of Night Stalkers, you know, that that pull from your inspiring sort. Like Ancients for the Salamanders, I mean, I mean, they'll be a great unit to have around. Have a troop of those guys, defense six, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then inspire them and the, their buddies. Oh, like yeah. you say, that's going to be its whole own meta that hasn't even begun to develop, right? Exactly. Um, but what it does do, this is the thing, it stops... From showing up at the 500 point game with two regiments of Soul Reaver cavalry and ruffle yeah. stomping everybody, it's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't work that way anymore. You, you can't but, do that. Yeah, <laughs> and you hit on a, a component piece. One thing I've had, I've heard too, is like, well, they didn't really change that much. And granted, in some ways they didn't. But look at what they gave you. They gave you three new ways to play the game. Right? They gave you siege rules. They gave you the legendary rules, which what I love most about the legendary rules is all the custom stuff about uh -huh. making your own. Either I can't wait. I can't wait. Your own uh, super dragons or your own monsters. You want to buy that big, crazy, you know, Austin uh, Kerrigan size dragon. Frame. Yes. Dragon. Do it. You're in, brother. <laughs> it can be 500 millimeters wide. You're in. It's 800 no. points. Who cares? I, I can't wait for when we combine those, those crazy monsters. Yeah. with siege because yeah. like i mean now that's a dragon that can take out a wall right that's yeah and i love is like a to when you're trying to think about how do i make custom creatures the fact that they have a whole thing in there on point suggestions for how you what different things cost 
as far as making like a balanced monster. I think it's great. Plus the ambush rules. So granted, maybe the, the balance changes or new units added or whatever are not as extensive as compared to the last clash of Kings, which was self-admittedly a huge clash of Kings. I still feel the red book itself for your dollar value is still getting you a lot, a lot of content. Honestly, here's my recommendation. If you're not sure that you could use all that content, then watch a review, listen to a podcast, read a blog, find out what's in the book and find out if it's for you. If you, you know, don't, don't buy the book and then be like, Oh, I didn't know that no one is hiding what's in that book. It's, it's, there's lots of ways to find out if you're lucky to have a local store, go into the store and look at it. They don't seal it like GW. <laughs> you can actually look at the book. <clears throat> you know, I think for those that are like, it may not be for them. All right. Maybe not. But you know, to say that there's minimal changes that, that, you know, that, that are like, for the competitive player, I think that's disingenuous because all of the Clash of Kings stuff that was in there last year is in there. Okay, granted, you already have that book, but all the other stuff that's and maybe it's not as much as normal. But I would argue that it's normal, like a normal Clash of Kings, right? Like Siege Breakers going up, Namagrok going up, the the changes to the the Night Stalkers. I mean, all Longhorns getting rally. I mean, good lord, no one's talking about that. <laughs> and I and think it's going to be it's like, awesome. You know, three new game modes. So if you were to tell me that you you spend 25 bucks on a Clash of Kings, right? Or whatever, something right, like that. Right, exactly. And you're going to tell me that in addition for uh, 25 well, more dollars mm-hmm. or 20 more bucks, you'd get this. All the rules reprinted, all of the fact reprinted, so I don't have to go onto the Mantic store and buy their fact for $0 every time I need to look at it, which is the most annoying thing in the history of the world, plus better diagrams, plus ambush mode, plus legendary mode, plus updated siege rules. To me, as a as a as a gamer, it, you're going to be hard. No, convinced. it just makes sense, as you would. That's say. what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm saying, bro. What you're saying just makes sense. You would be hard convinced to tell me that. Explain to me value wise how the value isn't there. Maybe for you, if you just want the army list and you truly don't care about anything else, you know, wait until the app comes out or what, bingo. You don't go, you know, don't buy the book. Just wait yeah, until the app comes out in November. And, yeah, wait until the app comes out and don't do the like freaking what it costs to like have a cup of coffee or whatever. But get it from Troll Horde. Get it from a vendor that gives you a dis from your neck of the woods, right, Rob? From the Warstar. Yeah. Yeah, get it I mean, from the, a venue that's it, uh, it, it, legitimately. It's it's out. by itself. It's fifty dollars, right? Retail, but you're not paying fifty dollars, right? You're you're paying somewhere between forty and forty five bucks most of the time. Here's the thing: if you really want the book, and are you interested in one of the armies? Because the starter sets all have it upgraded, are all updated now with the new book. Spend a little bit more, get two army. You know what I mean? I, for me, you know, I I well. For me, I bought the 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 what's it called the veterans bundle, so it's got the book and the cards. Yeah, uh, so I, I it was like sixty dollars for me it was a no brainer. It's like ten dollars more, I'm getting the cards done. But you know, if 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 I was thinking about ogres or EOD or ratkin or goblins or halflings or Riftforge Oryx or Northern Alliance or Night Stalkers, I mean, there's freaking eight armies there. If any of those armies, um, now are that I to you. That I missed. Is that the idea is that the starter sets are going to have the new version? I think uh, all of the ones now at Mantic, yeah, somebody posted. Was it Clive? Somebody posted. Oh, well, that, that, that is crazy value. Yeah. Do right. that. Because I mean, I, I think have... those retail for like 100 bucks, 100, yeah. 100 bucks. Yeah. So if I, I didn't mean... have already so much of the EOD stuff, I would buy the Ogre EOD. I might still buy the Ogre EOD one just because I think I'll eventually I will do Ogres yeah. uh, because those models are so great. That that is, um, I mean, I, I'm I'm a person that may I may or may not have bought 
eight of the <laughs> the horde armies with the Ratkin and the goblins. I mean, it's a great way to get infantry. That is legitimately good value. And then the fact that the new book is in there, it's like that's just like that's almost like a bonus. Because <laughs> before I was just giving away, like, yeah, I don't need this. But now it's the new book. I'm like, oh, and it's Uncharted Empire, it's Clash of Kings, it's the FAQ, it's the rules. And all the new stuff, you know, siege, ambush, all that. So, and like you say, Rob, in the end, no one has a gun to your head. Tell no, you don't have to buy it. You don't you have to buy, buy it. it. You don't have to buy it if you don't want right. to. You know. Mm -hmm. And for those that says it's too heavy, don't buy it. Put it on your iPad. How is it but, not as? How is it? I don't know. They're saying they're complaining. It's too bad. I'm like, all right. I mean, I was holding on Clash my, of Kings, my Uncharted Empires, yeah, my hardbound. And, I mean, even the Gamers Clash Edition of plus Clash of Kings and Uncharted Empires yeah. is, is at least the same weight. So uh, I don't know. know. Here's the good news. I'm in other hobbies that are way more outrageous than this. So I, as an adult, I am a toy collector and I, and I collect oh, yeah. GI Joe action figures, uh, the big ones. Uh -huh. They're like six inch scale. And I go on that. It's called his tank. It's their, uh, their forum. And we, it, it's so nerdy. They're talking about this, but every single day they are bitching about everything from yep. price to where, why am, why am I not getting my stuff? And it's like, <laughs> you know what? I go there and I just go, you know what? No matter how bad it is in Kings of War, it ain't this bad. You know, I just I mean? think about it. It's like, there's so much chaos in the world. What else brings you joy? Like sitting down to paint a model or play oh, a game with your buddies. Sorry. And, and you, you mentioned it, Rob, which is how I've always conceptualized the cost of war gaming is that it's an upfront cost. But by the end, how many hours have I spent on, on and played with my Basalian army. That yeah. army has probably cost me five cents per model. When I think about like its cost first hour spent doing it. Uh, so well, again, it's expensive. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, and look, I have tons of armies now for all kinds of games. This is by, you know, I have a Legion army. I've got uh, a blood bowl team, yeah. you know, and, and you know what? The, the, the cost of it really was minimal. It's the amount of effort and love that I put into it and how much I'm getting in return. I, I, I started buying some Star Wars Armada. Now, that's just because it's also an army you can buy without having to pay anything. You know, other than the oh. fighters, you don't have to pay anything. Which well, and that is actually a really fun game. I must say, my sister and I really got into that when we were living together. She's a huge Star Wars buff. We were playing Armada all the time. Yeah. And I think... We didn't know enough about the game. I've heard that there's certain combos and stuff that really break it. Or And us, we were just kind of playing it casually. And yeah. we had a super fun time with that game. Well, it's funny you say that. Because, first of all, Andor, if you're not watching Andor. Oh, is it good? I haven't had a chance. Oh, uh, like yet. all the other stuff. Like, you know, I look, I'm old and I am grumpy. Some of the other shows for Star Wars have been a miss for me. This one's a solid A, man. I just, I just love it, man. It's just... Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, Rogue One, outside of the 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 the, the original trilogy, it's right there behind there. Right? It's like number four spot. Man. Oh, it's, it's an amazing movie. It's just a and the thing about Rogue One is not only is it a great Star Wars movie, it's just a great movie. Period. 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 A, it to me is my favorite of all the new well, anything it, new they've done. That's yeah. it's chocolate cake. Oh, and then and then when Vader shows up to board the oh, Tantive yeah. floor, like it's oh, I get extra ice cream. Oh, oh yeah, God. I mean that was just like you're just sitting there mm. looking and going, oh, you know. But circling back to to Armada, one of yeah. you know this is how I play Armada. I'm only playing like Galactic Civil War. If it's a new ship from like after Return of the Jedi, I ain't got it. It's the same way I play Legion, and it's the same way I play. Well, well I used to play X Wing. Like if it's not in my wheelhouse, I yeah. ain't got it. And you know what? I just wouldn't. I was okay. My sister would want to play Imperial, and I would play Rebels, and I would just get home one with Akbar, and I'd buy it all the crap. It's a trap! It's a trap! 
It's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Yeah. And then, but yeah, no, that is, I just dig that game. Just and then, because, like, yo, and you got to, and if you're going to play Rebels, you got to have the, the profundity, which is from Rogue One, which is Adam Aratus, who is also a oh, calamari. It's, and I hate to say, awesome. like, Tomantic, we needed you guys to make another game because I need no, that, like, I need a whole probably, Yeah, we don't really. But, but but if you were a firefight ship combat game. I'd buy it. I'd buy I'd it. I'd buy that. Yeah. You, Actually, you know, buy that I, for- we didn't even talk about firefight. So, you know, I have, dude, I've been on a terror lately. I, I Look, again, I'm not in this for the, com- the competitive play. So I just said, Tyler Schultz, give me a list. 50 Build points. me an army. Build me an army. <laughs> and so he gave me a list. Uh-huh. And I had all the models, unsurprising, because I'm a freaking shocker. Hoarder. Yeah, shocker. It's shocking that you would have all the models. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I just need to pull down my mega army here. <laughs> like, here's my my starter and my booster for dead. Like, here's the crazy part: I built a 1500 point GCPS and didn't uh-huh. even tap any of my built dead zone stuff. All new. Like you see pictures of Rob's house, and it's like, oh, what's your local store, Rob? Oh, that's not a store. That's my that's my game room. Oh, it's my garage now. Like I've had to move stuff to the garage because there's no room. So Uh I've got like tubs and tubs and tubs. And somebody came over to like, hey, do you have this? I I just basically said yes, I do, but I have no idea where it is. I'm gonna write this down as a note when I'm moving around. And, find and it, I find I'll it, you know. I'll let you know because I know I have it. I don't know if this means I'm old or I'm just disorganized. At least once a month, I buy something only to find I already had it. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm really familiar with that way, especially like with uh, I'm that I'm bad that way with uh, like my other hobby, which is collected editions of comics. Like sometimes I forget which what do I have in collected form and what do I don't, and I have to like I took pictures of all my comic book shelves. So that when I'm like searching, I like look at my shelves to see is like, do I own that already? Just because you totally forget about it. So recently I channeled my inner Jeremy. And as uh, I was doing it, I was pretending to be Jeremy. I have all these action figures. And I'm like, oh, I need protected boxes for these. Ooh, oh, gosh, Rob. <laughs> I just went from six to midnight. Continue. Yeah. So I, I spent $300 <laughs> on clamshells for blister packs, boxes. Oh. And I, I just it. like spent like three days putting them together, pulling the film, putting them in the box. And I'm uh, like, this must be a normal Friday night for Jeremy. Oh, I love it. My wife, yeah. Hillary's always giving me crap. I'm like, so it, it's a comic that's in a case that's in another case that's in a case. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, what's the problem? Most of the stuff that we're doing, you know, it, there's some nostalgia to it. Right. And for me, like growing up, it was all about G.I. Joe. Right. Like, I mean, and now the fact that we're getting like modern gi joe's both the three-quarter scale and the bigger scale you know and and and, you know we're getting crazy stuff like a six-inch serpentor riding on his air air throne chariot i'm like that has like spinning fans i mean totally stupid and totally like you know a third world thing you don't need yeah but i need it (laughs) this i command rob we gotta this i command command. dude i've been watching for those who don't know tubi is free and it has all the joe stuff Uh so if you want to watch it now it does have commercials it's like one per episode. It's not crazy. Tubi, T-U-B-I. It's a, an app. It's an, a website. It's uh, you know on your smart TV, and they have all the Joes. Go watch it. You start with season two, Serpentor Arise, five-part episode, I think, where they create Serpentor. And uh, what does Serpentor always used to say? Cobra! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. La, 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 la. The, the, oh, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I have a moment in my heart. I miss you, Jesse. We used to always talk about oh, yeah. the, and then oh. my uh, my uh, uh, secret dark uh, uh, desire for a Pythona. Um, I remember as a little kid seeing the GI Joe movie, and even so, then I was like, "Did you like? Did you like the GI Joe movie?" I so I I, 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 I the more the older I get, 
the softer I'm on it now. When I first saw it, I was like, mm, well, this is kind of weird. Yeah. I get the controversy. I do love that there was real stakes in that movie. And yeah. had Cobra like succeeded, everyone would have been like turned into like a spore monster. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, Cobra is like, you know, a different whatever. But I liked to me, Nemesis Enforcer versus Sergeant Slaughter. Amazing. Yeah, what, what, a, what a fight. Almost as good as this fight with Serpentor. <laughs> yes. It, it, you know, when he, when they first created Serpentor. Nemesis Enforcer, voiced by Peter Cullen, by the way. Of Optimus, Optimus Prime. Prime yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dungeons and Dragons. He played Venger, right? Yeah. I don't know about you. I'm into action figures, and I'm having a really hard time not expanding. There's Indiana Jones figures coming out. Oh, There's yeah. There's Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon figures coming out. I'm like, oh, my God. Here's what's crazy. My daughter has the bug now. It's not the bug I thought she would catch, but she is all about aliens and predator. Like, really? She wants like predator, like stalker, ultimate NECA figures. Uh huh. Like, okay, all right. If that's what you want. Did you did you watch Prey? Loved it. You know what? I'm gonna say it's probably the best movie I saw this year. Now I haven't it's, seen a lot of new ones, but yeah. it's it's great. It is the best movie that I had no idea that I wanted until I watched it. Watch and it in like- Comanche. Okay, they I have it in Comanche okay, with yeah, subtitles. Have the Comanche it's dub. crazy. Because there already is subtitles for the French. It doesn't break your immersion because you feel it. Like these French fur, fur traders don't understand what she's saying, even though she's speaking in English. Like, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. So it's really, what I'm trying really, really hard to not buy right now is that they just come out with a Lego Optimus Prime, like a high end, like collector series Lego. And before Transformers had been licensed to Creo, which is kind of like your poor man's Lego. Right. So now Lego is doing, and this and this is a transformable Optimus Prime in Lego. I'm gonna one up you though. So you know what Hasbro did? So they had GI Joe Transformer crossover. So Megatron becomes a his tank. Oh, and, Bar- yes, that, and Baroness goes in the tank. I'm like, oh my god. And I try uh, not to look too closely at that stuff because then it's just like you know because they were coming out with like the giant Sentinels, and I was just like, they always have stuff. I'm just like, it's like there's not enough like money in the world. No. Well, they have Haslab, right? <laughs> Yeah. So it's like their own Kickstarter. You can debate whether or not it's worth it. When they said we're coming out with a one twelve scale his tank with a whole back that opens up, uh, it's crazy. It's all articulated missiles. It's got LED lights and it comes with a bunch of figures. I was like, uh, I'll take two. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. I'll take two. I mean, that was always the cool part. I remember when I was a kid, what I loved most was I always wanted lots of uh, Cobra soldiers, right? I wanted Army lots- builders. Yeah, Army I, wanted- builders. I needed the bats. I needed the Red Viper guys. I needed, you know, this, this, that, and the other piece. I needed, like, the armies for, like, my Joes. It was that, and then it was all of the, the ninja guys. Yeah. Whether it was Storm Shadow or Snake Eyes or Quick Kick or any of the like karate fighters were always yeah. like my favorite Joes. Well, when you come out for Kings of Memphis this year, yeah, I may you may go home with a small box because I oh, have wow. lots and lots of bats in six inch scale. I have uh, several Storm Shadows. I just I mean, funny. I think about it. I think about just like that. That had such a big influence on me, Joes. Whether it was like the Joes or like I really liked Pythona. I always had like it was like one of my first crushes mm-hmm. were on my GI Joe figures. Pythona, and then I really liked the punk girl from the um, the dreadnoughts, uh, the dreadnoughts, Zorana, yeah. Zorana. Yeah, yeah. she's she coming out like in a favorite. few months. Let's let's do this. Favorite GI Joe. Oh, uh, okay. So of the regular Joes, God, that's such a good. I always kind of liked Flint. Because he was like the commander, but he kind of reminded me of he, Commander Riker. A yeah, little he's like bit. Thir- he's like thirty commanders: Hawk, yes. Duke, yes. Flint, and then Beachhead. Uh-huh. But I liked how Flint always sometimes didn't, you know he was a little hot tempered. 
Well, and, you he, know? and he got it on with with uh, Lady J too, right? Yeah, so, uh huh, exactly. He's a smart so guy. I always like, and then to me, you know, I love Sergeant Slaughter so much. You know, I loved all the. I was like into wrestling when I was a kid too. Yeah. So I always thought it was like, oh, I, I, I was like, uh, you know, that's funny that they put a GI Joe guy in wrestling because I always knew him first from like the yeah. cartoon. I was always a bad okay. guy. What's your favorite bad guy? Dr. Mindbender. You oh know. my God. Okay. I love, I love Dr. Mindbender. Uh, Baroness, of course. Baroness. I love Baroness. Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah. You know, Sorpentor. I love, because you know, I'm a big history buff. And even as a little kid, I love that it, they like, it was yeah. all the great leaders of the history, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, it's really hard to pick your favorite Joe, but uh-huh. I'm going to be a little crazy here. For some reason, I like Dial Tone. He came out in 87. He's the guy with the big communications backpack. He's okay. like from New York. He talks with a New York accent. And my other favorite one, that I can tell you right now, no one in the planet likes airtight. <laughs> the environmental guy. Like he's wearing like a hazmat suit. I don't yeah. know. I just as a kid, I'm like green and yellow and got I was like eh. and on the Cobra side, dude, it, it's hard to go wrong with Firefly, right? I mean, Firefly is dope. I really like the guy who was it who was the astronaut? Was that Joe? The one that came with the Defiant? I think his name was Payload. That was post my time. Okay, because uh, that was like I remember I, I stacked wood for a whole weekend to get that shuttle thing because i was like my dad he's like i wanted it so bad for my birthday and he's like well if you do all these chores we'll go get it so i remember that very vividly like stacking wood all weekend i now i didn't i just had the shuttle and the guy i didn't have the like launching vehicle that would like launch it too did you have or know anyone who had the flag when you were a kid yeah i had a neighbor across the street that had the flag it was okay dope. you know uh-huh. you bring you bring your your sky striker over there but yeah i also was a big cobra guy so the rattler you know i mean in, in terms of cobra guys though firefly is awesome but dude just regular cobra commander man cobra commander was badass dude oh totally. uh, the voice i mean all right question who's your favorite transformer uh okay um i mean i hate to be clear i mean it's like optimus prime is optimus prime right he's badass he's like the hero and everything yeah i mean um i always loved uh sunfire because i liked uh the the exotic car transformers i think i gotta i think i just gotta go optimus well, I, I would go with jazz. Remember the classic jazz yes. from the early mm-hmm. 80s with uh, Scatman yeah. Brothers, right? The voice. Uh-huh. He's also the voice of like Hung Kung Fui, if you remember. For some reason, as a kid, like the Porsche 911 was like, well, that's oh, a cool totally. car, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, I don't collect Transformers, but if there's a jazz model comes out, I it may or may not. Now, the Porsche 911 was, was great. Did you ever see the movie Condor Man? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, so Condor Man was a 1981 Disney movie where it's about a comic book drawer who creates a character called Condor Man, but then he becomes that character as a spy. But the bad guys drive in choreographed Porsche 911s with silver tinted oh, windows. Sounds awesome. Yeah, they're like the bad guy team. Yeah, it's an old school. It's from 1981, but it's so cheesy and amazing. Uh, Michael Crawford is the main guys in it. James Hampton is his buddy. Who, if once you see James Hampton, you he's been in a bunch of those. Michael like, Crawford, like in as in like the guy that played the Phantom. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but check that movie out if you have a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna it. check it right now. That was and then Decepticons. I always like. For me, it's always Starscream. I always Starscream. feel bad for him. He, yeah. you know, he's he's gonna usurp you know Megatron, and he uh-huh. just gets beat down. 
even in the new Bumblebee movie, like Bumblebee outsmarts him and blows him up. So it's like, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. always getting it. Well, when you think about like Transformer deaths, his death and Transformers the movie. Uh, well, Transformers the movie itself is like such an amazing seminal movie. movie. It's, yeah. And in fact, because of that, that's why you know Duke was supposed to die in the GI Joe movie. Yeah, and they but changed it. Quick. Yeah, what I else we got? One more. What is your favorite GI Joe vehicle? <sighs> okay, I'm gonna say it. And, and 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 I just totally spaced on when I said when I said uh, about Cobra Commander, straight up favorite GI Joe Cobra doesn't matter Copperhead with the water moccasin. That's the vehicle, man. Okay. The boat, the swamp boat. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. It's just cool. Now, ironically, it didn't float, so I put it in the pool, and then <laughs> so I'm like, oh man. Unlike the whale, you could put it in water, and it would float. So. Yeah, because and that's so funny, and I know why we're brothers from another mother. Because you know what my favorite bath time toy was when I was a kid? Was it the shark? No, it was the whale. Uh-huh. With Cutter. Cutter yeah. in the Boston Red Sox hat. Classic. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would take the vehicle. whale, and I would take my guys with the flippers and all the underwater guys. Yeah, Torpedo. Uh, totally. Who's the guy that rode in the shark? Deep Six. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, I always love that was one of my favorite uh, uh, vehicles. And then to me, then uh, after that, it's the Hiss tank. The Hiss tank is just it's such a very classic. And that's why I like when they came out with it in 112 scale, I was like, yeah, I got to get a couple of them. Yeah. One to open, one to sit sealed up oh, in the closet. Yeah, it's like that awesome uh, SNL skit. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. He's like, wow. I, I, got, I bought three, one to, one to keep closed. One to open and play with, and one just in case, you know. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Well, awesome, man. Is there anything else we want to chat? It's been fun reminiscing. Yeah, no, just grab the, you know, take a look at the book. If you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't, don't. And don't. Just, there's something to be said about we receive in life the energy we put out into the world. So maybe if you're having a lot of negativity or negative stuff happen in your life, maybe say like this week I'm going to be positive and just see like what happens. Like have it be an experiment. And for me, it's it takes more energy to be unhappy, like to be angry. Just don't <laughs> and save the energy and roll. As like you said, roll it into something. Yeah, positive. just roll it into you know, roll it into something else. Look, look for areas that you have have fun in, and then in the end, if it's not for you or you want to take a break, that's the great thing about the hobby. You can yeah, always be here when you get back. You can always leave and come back, right? You know, always go off, do other things, and it's always going to be a home. You know, Countercharge will always be a home for everyone to. to well, Rob and I, in our old age, will still be doing this stupid show, and Al, you know, we'll be, we'll be, we'll. Rob and I will be celebrating our seventy-fifth birthday when Alex releases his fifth episode. So we'll do like a. <laughs> you, 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 you're, you're like really, really. Uh, optimistic. You think, you'll have five. Yeah, <laughs> you think we'll have five? <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do a special, we'll special treat. I think he's still got one that's all recorded that. It's been like nine months at this point. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, but, um, you know, and thanks for uh, everyone with the uh, feedback. We, I, I know we'll do a quick thing, Rob. We got a bunch of cool stuff in the, in the docket. So obviously we got a Salamander army review being worked on before we get to that one. We're going to have a Rift Forge Orcs review that Matt's already scheduled and getting ready to roll. We got the scrying gem guys coming together, bringing the band back together to chat about meta changes, the implications of the new book, EOD uh, so Army review, EOD then, Army reviews of the uh, wings. This weekend, we're re- we're going to be recording a firefight like episode. A, and and what did you have to do to get Tyler to commit to that? Because well, you know, I mean, these guys, man, they always everyone likes to give Jeremy crap, uh, but I, I had to pull out the screenshot of the chat, which was I was trying to schedule this before, and then everyone wants to be. It's like Ronnie Coleman used to say, the famous bodybuilder. Everyone wants to be a bodybuilder, but no one wants to lift no heavy ass weight. 
And it's like, everyone <laughs> wants to be a podcast star, but no one wants to actually realize, you mean I actually have to not do something else to schedule time to record a podcast? Right. And it's like, right. yes, you do. Yeah. But that aside, we have Kyle, Tyler, and Elliot are going to be coming on. We're going to be talking the new Firefight FAC that came out. We're going to be talking some, the UK has already had some Firefight tournaments. So we're going to be looking we, at- We have one of the Michigan GT. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we're going to be yeah. looking at what, what we think would be a good format. You know, is there anything balance wise that in our first five or 10 games that's jumping out to us? We'll talk firefight hobby. Like I, I purposely didn't talk about all my firefight stuff because uh, uh, I have a bunch of firefight hobby going on too, but we're going to be talking about that on the firefight episode. I'm going to have to join you guys because I, like I said, my whole garage is just GCPS built on this giant table. I've got like a hundred models out there all built. I've got uh -huh. a mule. I've got a couple of the dreadnoughts. I still have the the airplane. I don't know. What's that called? The Valkyrie? The Hornet dropship? Uh, so I have a Hornet dropship as well that I have not built yeah. yet. Well, yeah, I just, there's a lot of the models in Firefighter just chef's kiss. Really cool mm. stuff. Mm. Well, it's been good chatting with you, man. We, yeah. we haven't done this in a while. Uh, we, we've been chatting about it. We're, we're going to have to do an episode zero at some point. You know, Alex and, and uh, Matt kind of did that. Like, get to know the hosts. Sure. We've never done that. And, you know. Go way, for me, way back in the wells when I was yep. a kid. You know, how we got into the game and, you know, how we got into gaming. Well, I mean, we've been gaming since the early 80s, the mid 80s. You know, because I started really for young sure. and you're a little older than me. So I think uh, we yeah. are. You're what? Four, how old are you? 39? No, 41. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm not that old. One. I'm seven years older. Oh, so I'm old enough now that, like, I don't want to think about it. So I'm no, like, how, how old uh, am I? <laughs> I, I I'm, old, I'm old enough that I don't even know my age. Exactly. Honestly, like, I, I just asked my anymore. wife, how old am I? Am I going to be 50 this year? That's why I keep asking her. Yeah. She gets uh, pissed off. Because if I'm 50, that means she's already 50. Because she, she's born a little bit ahead of me. Well, awesome. Okay, it's buddy. fun. Well, you want to take us out? Fun. Yeah. And as always, remember to keep counter charging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.